The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. Welcome to the program. We have seen enough. Joseph R. Biden Jr. will be the president elect of the United States, defeating Donald Trump. The race has been called by Decision Desk HQ. Others are starting to call the race. Individuals familiar with particular states are making it clear that in those states, there will be no turning back that Joe Biden's leads, including newfound leads that appeared overnight, will sustain. And at this point in time, we are not saying Donald Trump will concede anything. There is no doubt whatsoever that Donald Trump is going to be filing lawsuits and trying to get recounts and there will be some recounts. But because Joe Biden has taken leads now in multiple states and leads have grown in other states, Joe Biden is poised to be the presumptive winner of the presidential race. And we can say that with some comfort at this point in time. So let's take a look at some of the numbers, the latest numbers in the key uncalled states. Reminder, Alaska is still not called. It will not matter in the end. In Nevada, as the vote has continued to trickle in from 75 to 80, 85, now 86 percent reporting at the last batch of votes. Joe Biden's lead growing by a few more votes now to 21, 20 and a half thousand votes in Nevada. There is every indication based on the overwhelming amount of votes left from the Las Vegas area, which votes for Joe Biden, that the lead will grow. That alone would be enough to get Joseph R. Biden Jr. to 270 electoral votes in Arizona. The vote continues to come in. And there is no credible path for Donald Trump to retake the lead. Remember that Arizona was called by both the Associated Press and Fox News a couple of days ago. Donald Trump insisting they should keep counting the votes. Of course, that's what we do in elections. We keep counting the votes and they've continued to count the votes. And it does not appear as though that will be reversed. Pennsylvania overnight flipping from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. It started two days ago as an eight point lead for Trump. They knew the mail in votes would be counted over time. And as that happened, the lead for Joe Biden shrank. Uh, I'm sorry, the lead for Donald Trump shrank from eight to seven, six, five, four, three, two. Last night it went below one. It went to below half a point. This morning it was tied. And with the latest addition of votes, Joe Biden has now taken a lead of about 9,8900 votes in Pennsylvania because of what is left to count. Experts in Pennsylvania say there is no path for Donald Trump to retake that lead in Georgia. Donald Trump has lost his lead, slowly diminishing from a few points to half a point to a tie. As of right now, statistically, 49.4 for each candidate. Although when you go one more digit, you see that Joe Biden does have a slight lead there of about eighteen hundred votes. And so any combination understand that Nevada alone does it for Joe Biden. Nevada experts say Nevada is done. But were he not to get Nevada and even if he were to lose Arizona, Pennsylvania alone would put Joe Biden over 270. This makes North Carolina, which has not gone either way yet, 
irrelevant, essentially. Of course, if Joe Biden maintains Georgia, he also wins. If he gets Georgia, but not Pennsylvania, he needs certainly to maintain Arizona or Nevada. And of course, if things end as they are now, we don't know if they will, but if they do, Joe Biden will end up with 306 electoral votes, more electoral votes than Donald Trump had in 2016 um, and a massive, absolutely massive popular vote victory. As of right now, the popular vote is uh, in Joe Biden's favor by 2.7 percent, which because of the very high turnout is nearly four million votes. Uh, just shy of that at about 2.96 million votes right now, just shy of that four, 3.96 rather, just shy of a four million vote margin. It will be a historic popular vote margin for Joseph R. Biden Jr. One last uh, uh, sort, sort of element to look at um, the current count per The New York Times in Pennsylvania. Uh, matching up with that of the Associated Press, a slight Joe Biden lead in Georgia, a very slight Joe Biden lead. North Carolina still with no new reporting and we are not expecting any new reporting for some time has Joe Biden down one point four percentage points, but we do not expect it to matter. Arizona, the New York Times has not called, but the numbers remaining in Joe Biden's favor. And then again, as I mentioned in Nevada with the latest update, Joe Biden now with a 20 or so thousand vote lead there. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is happening. It is happening. Now, we are not out of the woods in the sense of we still don't have Senate results. We still don't know what's going on with the House in total. Donald Trump will get recounts in some states. He's filing lawsuits in some states. He has gone completely out of his mind and he is unlikely to concede. Insiders are saying Trump will not concede. Now, don't worry because concession is not a legal process. Concession is a formality where normal people, when they lose, say, I concede my opponent has won. They call their opponent in ideal times. You issue a message of unity. Not that I liked these people, but John McCain in 2008 had to silence the booze from his sycophants to say Barack Obama is a good man. We both love this country. We are with Barack Obama. George H.W. Bush, when he lost in 1992 to Governor Bill Clinton, issuing again, doesn't mean we're saying he's a great was a great president. He wasn't. But he behaved like a normal person. He behaved like a normal person. Even Hillary Clinton in 2016, despite Donald Trump saying you would be in jail if I was president conceded despite Donald Trump's claims to the contrary. So we are going to be paying very close attention over the next few days to whether there is violence, uh, to how the uh, vote counts continue coming in on today's program. We will be speaking about everything from Sean Hannity saying they need to redo the Pennsylvania election. Trump advisor Stephen Bannon saying Dr. Anthony Fauci should be beheaded. Yes. Yes, he said that uh, and so much more. But the big news is the presumptive we are not yet saying president elect the presumptive winner of the 2020 presidential election is Joe Biden. Now, in advance of what I know will be some disappointment that Biden didn't win by more uh, and that the Senate and House aren't looking great. We are going to talk 
about the problems on the left that led to what should have been a blowout not being a blowout. But it's not just the left. It's also the right. There is a lot to discuss, and I don't want to shortchange that conversation. So let's not do it right now. But what I do want to remind people is this is the removal of an incumbent president. It is very difficult to remove an incumbent president. Bill Clinton did it to George H. W. Bush in 1992. That was a three way race. Ross Perot was in that one. There were additional factors, complexities, et cetera. Uh, it is not common that you remove even a bad incumbent president. So we have to remember when we look at the numbers, incumbent president loses by four million. That is a big deal. It doesn't excuse the failings of the Democratic Party. It does nothing. It doesn't excuse the fact that nearly 70 million Trumpists said, let me vote for four more years of that. That's horrifyingly scary. But the important thing to remember is that removing an incumbent president is really difficult. I expect we will see more calls by the networks over the next few hours. Uh, Donald Trump did speak yesterday and we're going to have video of that. He gave a completely delusional, humiliating press briefing saying everything is fake. Everything is fraud, claiming victory. Donald Trump Jr. took to Twitter and said that they need to go into total war mode, which I'm worried will lead to violence. We had questions throughout the day yesterday. Why does Trump want to stop counting states that he's losing? If you stop counting when you're losing, you lose. We will uh, find out about the incompetence that was at play there. And we are even starting to see some Republicans and I'm not saying they're good people because they're not. But some some Republicans are even jumping ship with Trump's authoritarianism, saying it's dangerous for him to claim victory when he hasn't. It's dangerous for him to claim fraud when he has not presented any actual evidence of fraud. And because we want to have more good news today, if possible, I will talk about the very bad news about the pandemic. I will tell you about that. One hundred and eighteen thousand cases yesterday. But on the good news, the war on drugs was absolutely crushed, crushed on Election Day. Very interesting numbers. Uh, Twenty sixteen was not a fluke. Donald Trump and his coalition are still here and they are very strong. They almost got him reelected. But Joseph R. Biden Jr. with multiple paths to 270. And now we can say the presumptive winner. The race has been called by Decision Desk HQ, and I anticipate more calls very, very soon. So glad you're with me. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at D Pacman. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at David Pacman. Continued coverage and much more. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com. One of our sponsors today is Vincero Watches, and they're giving you 15% off everything in the store when you go to DavidPacman.com slash watch. If you're a guy looking for the perfect way to refresh your style, one of the best investments you can make is in a high quality wristwatch. Vincero is an American company that has made it possible for everyday people to afford a premium watch. Almost everything they sell is within the range of about $200, but it'll look like you spent a lot more. All of their watches are made in small batches from top quality materials, and they just look great. I went on their site and picked out a watch from their icon automatic collection. The one I got is in mesh matte black and I love it. It's simple, sleek, elegant, goes great with just about anything I'm wearing. And I've gotten a ton of compliments on it. 
you'll get 15% off everything in their store when you go to davidpackman.com/watch. You can find the URL in the description for this podcast episode. Again, that's davidpackman.com/watch. You may not have known this, but when you see me sitting here on the show, I am often wearing shirts by a company called Teddy Stratford. I asked them to be a sponsor because they are by far my favorite shirts that I own with almost all other slim fit button up shirts I've worn. You get this annoying stretched out gap in the chest where the buttons are, which does not look good. But what makes Teddy Stratford shirts unique is this patented zipper that's hidden underneath the buttons, which actually prevents the chest from looking weird and stretched out like that. It looks really good. And just all around, they cut the entire shirt in a specific way that makes your upper body look a lot better. It's just a much nicer and more stylish fit than you get from other shirts. And they hand make everything with 100% Egyptian cotton and flat felled seams, which means it's going to be a lot more durable than other shirts and last a lot longer, which I really love. Go check them out at davidpackman.com slash Teddy. The link is in the podcast notes and they'll give you 15% off your first order. If you use the coupon code Pacman at checkout, that's P-A-K-M-A-N. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. Remember that a membership at joinpakman.com is the best way to help us as a country get a fresh start here. And you can indeed use the coupon code fresh start, all one word, all lowercase, to save an ungodly amount of money off of a membership at joinpakman.com. Well, as votes continued and continue to be counted, Donald Trump decided to hold a press briefing yesterday. He took no questions. He was late. His advisors were reportedly telling him, don't do this, don't do this, because quite frankly, how could it possibly go well for him, given that he had been retweeting and tweeting for two days about fraud? It is difficult to imagine he could behave normally, even for the shortest of press briefings. But he did it and it was a complete and total humiliation. Let's look at it. We may be getting to the end of these for Donald Trump, and that would be a beautiful thing. Donald Trump opening with a whopper saying, if you count the legal vote, I easily win. But if you count the illegal votes, they might be able to steal it. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly, but a lot of votes came in late. I've already decisively won many critical states, including massive victories in Florida, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio. To name just a few, we won these and many other victories despite historic election interference from big media, big money and big tech. This was a lie. There is no evidence of election fraud other than from his side trying to purge voter rolls and have mail in ballots thrown out and have vote counts stopped. The only interference we've actually seen is from his side. Joe Biden throughout saying could take a little while. Let's give him time. Let's remain calm. Trump then says that polling was election interference. This is now Alex Jones uh, type conspiracy nonsense. Polling 
is election interference. Take a look. As everyone now recognizes, media polling was election interference in the truest sense of that word by powerful special interests. These really phony polls, I have to call them phony polls, fake polls, were designed to keep our voters at home, create the illusion of momentum for Mr. Biden and diminish Republicans' ability to raise funds. They were what's called suppression polls. Everyone knows that now. And uh, it's never been used to the extent that it's been used on this last election. To highlight just a few examples, the day before election, Quinnipiac, which was wrong on every occasion that I know of. That's I have to tell you, that's the first time in this entire race I've heard a Donald Trump refer to Joe Biden as Mr. Biden. Sleepy Joe, a phrase notably absent from this ill advised press briefing. Interesting to see that. But also the content of what Donald Trump is saying is ridiculous. I also just as a little flavor, I love him saying Quinnipiac there. Just, you know, a little little extra. You always have to add a little a little more if you're Trump. Trump then saying the entire election system is corrupt, undermining confidence at the top level, mind you, in the U.S.'s ability to carry out an election. And of course, there are concerns, serious concerns about election problems in this country, but they are concerns as a result of the things Trump's side does, not the ones Trump is pointing out. And we won a case, a big case, and uh, we have others happening. There are a lot of lots of litigation, even beyond our litigation. There's tremendous amount of litigation generally because of how unfair this process was. And I predicted that I've been talking about mail in voting for a long time. It's uh, it's really destroyed our system. It's a corrupt system and it makes people corrupt, even if they aren't by nature but they become corrupt. It's too easy. He's right. I mean, you you know, you've got to hand it to him. He did predict that he would do this. We knew he would do it and he's doing every aspect of it. On Monday, I told you Trump will claim victory on election night, even though there won't be such a victory, at least at that time. And he did it at 2 a.m., 2.30 in the morning. I told you Trump would claim that there was fraud and he immediately started doing it. I told you Trump would try to get courts to get involved to hand him a victory. And he has filed somewhere between four and seven, eight. I don't even know the number of lawsuits at this point. So he told us he would do it. And I passed that information along to you. And he did it exactly as we predicted. Then, as if this isn't crazy enough, then it gets really insane. After arguing that Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin were rigged against him because all the votes were counted, Trump calls for all the votes to be counted in Arizona. He's blatantly trying to have it both ways. The counting of votes was a problem in a bunch of these states, but Arizona just should keep counting and then I'll win. And now it's getting to be to a point where I'll go from winning by a lot to perhaps being even down a little bit. In Georgia, a pipe burst in a faraway location, totally unrelated to the location of what was happening. And they stopped counting for four hours. And a lot of things happened. The election apparatus in Georgia is run by Democrats. We also had margins of 300,000 in Michigan. We're way up in Michigan, won the state. and. Uh, in Wisconsin, we did likewise fantastically well. And uh, that got whittled down. Every, in every case, they got whittled down. 
Today we're on track to win Arizona. We only need to carry, I guess, 55 percent of the remaining vote, 55 percent. So really un- understand that he casually says all this counting is rigged against me in all of these states that I lost due to mail in ballots. But, you know, in Arizona, you've just got to things look great in Arizona. As long as they keep counting ballots, then I'll probably win. This is not democracy as we know it. This is a joke. This is a mockery. Even I don't want to use any any kind of pejorative term, but even in the most authoritarian. uh, um, uh, I don't want to say undeveloped countries, but even in countries where we have all along been questioning their ability to maintain democracy. You often don't get things as ridiculous as this from the leaders. Trump is outdoing even them. And then Trump actually says that he's using tremendous litigation to stop people from rigging the election. And uh, there are many instances which will be reported very shortly. There's tremendous litigation going on. And this is a case where they're trying to steal an election. They're trying to rig an election and we can't let that happen. Detroit and Philadelphia, known as two of the most corrupt political places anywhere in our country, easily cannot be responsible for engineering the outcome of a presidential race, a very important presidential race. In Pennsylvania, Democrats have gone to the state Supreme Court to try and ban our election observers and very strongly. Now, we won the case, uh, but they're they're going forward. They don't want anybody in there. They don't want anybody watching them as they uh, count the ballots. There is no evidence for anything that Donald Trump is saying. And when he posted some of these clips I'm playing for you to his Twitter account, Twitter flagged them as potential misinformation about elections. Trump then alludes to pushing his bogus legal challenges all the way to the Supreme Court. All had the name Biden on him, which is a little strange. I challenge Joe and every Democrat to clarify that they only want legal votes because they talk about votes. And I think they should use the word legal, legal votes. We want every legal vote counted and I want every legal vote counted. We want openness and transparency, no secret count rooms, no mystery ballots, no illegal votes being cast after Election Day. You have Election Day and the laws are very strong on that. You have an Election Day and they don't want votes cast after Election Day and they want the process to be an honest one. It's so important. We want an honest election. We want an honest count and we want honest people working back there because it's a very important job. So that's the way this country is going to win. That's the way the United States will win. And we think we will win the election very easily. We think there's going to be a lot of litigation because we have so much evidence, so much proof, and it's going to end up perhaps at the highest court in the land. We'll see. But we think there'll be a lot of litigation because we can't have an election stolen like this. And so the message is Trump is such a victim. Everybody's unfair. Everybody's being mean. They won't just let him win and give him another four years. He needs counts when the counts help and he needs to stop counting when the counting is bad and he'll sue everyone and he'll never concede defeat, even if that's what needs to happen. And then Trump casually mentions on the way out without taking questions, of course, that he has claimed states, states that have not actually been called for him. So it will be 
hopefully cleared up, maybe soon, I hope soon, but it'll probably go through a process, a legal process, and uh, as you know, I've claimed certain states, and uh, he's claiming states, and we can both claim the states, but ultimately I have a feeling judges are going to have to rule. But there's been a lot of shenanigans, and we can't uh, stand for that in our country. Thank you very much. Understand that Trump casually says I've claimed states and Biden has claimed states. Biden has claimed no states. Biden is accepting the calls of the Associated Press and state election commissions and networks and election officials. That's what Biden has done. Trump is the one claiming states like Georgia, Pennsylvania and North Carolina, which at the time he was doing it had not been called. Biden is accepting the calls of others and saying count every vote regardless of what state it's in, whether it came in by mail or in person. Trump is claiming states that have not been called. So seriously, guys, this is hopefully the last gasp of Trump. Anderson Cooper likened it to a turtle on its back. Take a look at this most powerful person in the world. And we see him like an obese turtle on his back, flailing in the hot sun, realizing his time is over. But he just hasn't accepted it and he wants to take everybody down with him. So there will be legal challenges. There is the real possibility that Trump will find a way to continue extending this and even rumor that Fox News will refuse to refer to Joe Biden as president elect, regardless of the outcome on the basis that his status would be challenged. We'll have more of that, but so much more to get to. So we've been warning about the possibility of violence in the streets after this election. And for me, looking at four scenarios of a Trump blowout, a Biden blowout, a narrow Biden win or a narrow Trump win. The most dangerous scenario to me was a narrow Biden win, particularly one in which Donald Trump claims it is rigged. And that is the situation that we are increasingly pointed to as Donald Trump's leads have slipped away in Pennsylvania and in Georgia as of this recording. And we are getting in the direction of having that serious risk of violence. Yesterday, we saw armed Trumpists showing up at various locations in Arizona. Many of you very interested in that story. Well, Donald Trump Trump Jr. tweeted that Donald Trump needs to go to total war. Like many of the tweets being posted over the last couple of days by Donald Trump and Eric Trump and others, Twitter immediately tagged Donald Trump Jr.'s post as potentially misleading. But what he said is, quote, the best thing for America's future is for Trump to go to total war over this election to expose all of the fraud, cheating, dead, no longer in-state voters that has been going on for far too long. It's time to clean up this mess and stop looking like a banana republic. And of course, Twitter flagged it, saying this tweet is disputed and might be misleading about an election. This is not what you say when you are winning. He's tweaking out. He's terrified because the entire family is worried about what happens if they are deposed. Is there uh, uh, are there criminal charges in their future? Is there prison time in their future? I don't think it's likely, but we know that they are scared. And this is really serious. Donald Trump yesterday saying it's all being stolen from us. Don Jr. saying it's time for total war. Remember, stand back and stand by. This is what they were standing by for. This could lead to significant radicalization of people to real world violence. Fox News viewer militia types had a plot 
to kidnap and murder the governor of Michigan. Tucker Carlson told millions of Fox viewers that if the media calls it for Biden when he wins Pennsylvania without checking for fraud for two full weeks, then it would be irresponsible and people need to think about what to do next. This is extraordinarily dangerous and the terms blood in the streets are being thrown around. Um, it, it I am genuinely scared for what the next two weeks hold and how irresponsible are these people to do it? And you know why they're doing it? Because they don't care. Don Jr. doesn't care if his tweet leads to violence. All he cares about is how can we hold on to power? They're looking for piles of gunpowder in order to light a match and throw it over their shoulder as they walk away, plug their ears and then say, listen, I don't know, lighting matches isn't a crime. Uh, oh, there happened to be gunpowder where the mat. Listen, so you got to talk to whoever left the gunpowder there because the lighting of a match is not a crime. It's getting really bad. And uh, we're also learning the extent to which Donald Trump over the last 48 hours may not even have understood what was going on. Let's discuss that next. We wondered yesterday and the day before, why is Donald Trump trying to stop the vote in states where he's losing? If you stop counting, you're still losing. Then you lose. And Donald Trump's aides, we now have learned, had to explain to Donald Trump, you know, if you stop counting ballots where you're losing, you will lose the Trump campaign filing lawsuits in multiple states to stop the vote counts. Trump says there's electoral fraud, even though there's been no evidence of it. He tweeted Thursday, stop the count. And New York Magazine's Olivia Nuzzi said she learned of a phone call in which Trump said, he assumed everybody knows when he says stop the count, he doesn't really mean stop the count. He means just stop counting fake ballots. So aides were able to persuade Trump to instead of saying stop the count, switch to stop the fraud, which Donald Trump eventually did after his stop the count tweets. Uh, aides were reportedly scrambling to get Trump under control saying Biden will win if we succeed at stopping the count. And then this is just amazing. When Olivia Nuzzi asked, does the White House understand the math of what's going on? Um, uh, Olivia Nuzzi says that they do not. According to The Washington Post, Trump's senior advisors intervened and explained to him, be precise about which vote counts should stop and why. Tweeting stop the count looks bad. And indeed, they were right. It looks very, very bad. Stopping the count yesterday, by the way, would have guaranteed a victory for Biden in Arizona, would have guaranteed a victory for Biden in Nevada. That's 17 electoral votes. Trump doesn't even know what he's asking for. And after the explanation, Donald Trump switched to tweeting stop the fraud instead of stop the count. Imagine being in your 70s and being just the rich, privileged dude. And just you don't understand how counting works. You don't understand the implications of if you're losing and you don't count anymore, you don't win. Imagine inheriting 400 million, ending up a billion in debt, calling yourself a successful businessman and ending up as president of the United States. And this this what I'm going to say next, we're going to spend a lot of time on in the next few weeks. He almost became a two term president if he had been slightly better on the virus. Despite everything that's happened, he would have sailed into a second term easily. We will discuss that. Follow us on Instagram at David Pakman Show. Follow me on Instagram at David.Pakman. The David Pakman Show at DavidPakman.com.
I'm really excited that uh, one of our sponsors today is Helix Sleep. I sleep on a Helix mattress at home. I absolutely love it. And that's why I reached out to them about sponsoring the David Pakman show. Buying a mattress in the past was always a huge guessing game for me. I didn't know what I actually needed. I didn't know what I would like. But Helix has a sleep quiz on their website. You tell them your body type, your sleeping position, your back pain issues you might have. And their tool matched me with a mattress that is perfect for me. It's cool enough at night. It's the right firmness. I generally just do way better sleeping these days because of the mattress. Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress for the last two years by both GQ and Wired magazine. It is well deserved. I can tell you firsthand every Helix mattress comes with a 10 year warranty. You can try the mattress risk free for 100 nights and they will even come pick it up at your house if you don't love it. But I know you will. All of my viewers will get up to $200 off your order and you'll get two super premium pillows for free when you go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman. That's H E L I X sleep.com forward slash P A K M A N. You can also find the link in the podcast notes for this episode. One of our sponsors is privacy.com. They're giving you $5 when you sign up for their completely free service at privacy.com slash Pacman. I've been using privacy for a little over a year now. You've heard me talk about it before. It's a lifesaver and here's how it works. It takes just a couple of minutes to set up. Anytime you buy something online or on the phone, instead of actually using your real credit card number, the privacy app and the browser plugin, let you give each company a randomized virtual credit card number that you create out of thin air. It'll even autofill the card number with one click and the payment is taken out of your checking account without the merchant ever knowing your real information. So this allows you to keep your banking information secure, but also to take control of your finances. You can create up to 12 of these virtual credit cards a month. You can set spending limits. You can freeze them. You can delete them anytime you want. So when you do this, it means you're not going to be charged when you don't want to be because you can destroy the virtual card number right after using it, which for instance, I love using free trials because I know I won't be charged when the trial is over. If I use a virtual credit card number, you're keeping your identity private by not telling companies who you are. You're keeping your bank or credit card info protected against data breaches and identity theft. And it's free. There's no catch whatsoever. But if you want, privacy also offers a $10 a month plan that gives you 1% cash back and lets you create 36 credit cards a month and a $25 a month plan tailored more for small businesses where you can create 60 card numbers a month and much more. But definitely go ahead and at least get started with the free plan. You'll protect your financial info. Companies can't charge you unexpectedly. And like I said, you'll get $5 to spend when you sign up at privacy.com slash Pacman. Welcome back to the David Pacman show. The meltdowns that we started seeing last night and overnight into this morning as Pennsylvania and Georgia flipped to Joe Biden are just fantastic. I want to start with Sean Hannity last night as the numbers were trending against Donald Trump in Pennsylvania. Here is Sean Hannity saying, hey, you know what? 
we probably need to just redo the entire election in Pennsylvania. Just do do the entire thing. We need a do over because we're not getting the results that we want. You have to see this. Does that invalidate the process, considering they're violating the law? And what is the remedy? The only remedy I would see at that point is they did it and they violated the law. Nobody can can testify to the legitimacy of what their counting was. Oh, what a do over in that state. By the way, something that has never been done in a presidential election. By the way, I just got this breaking. The only remedy that Sean Hannity sees because of non-existent voter fraud is throw out the results from Pennsylvania and redo the entire election. That's enough out of Sean, isn't it? It is. This is not best two out of three. Pennsylvania voted. And as the votes were counted, more people voted for Joe Biden. That's it. And it's very simple. And, you know, that this is all on them because we knew that the mail in vote was going to be heavily Biden vote. The rules they established are you don't start counting the mail in votes in Pennsylvania until the polls close. So, of course, you're going to get the in person vote first. And then the mail in votes are going to be counted. We all knew that this was going to happen. And Hannity ends up sounding sort of like the kid during kickball. Hey, you know, okay, that fine. It looked like a foul ball, but it specifically hit a certain tree. And when the acorn fell out of the tree, it's actually a home run, even though it's in foul territory. Get out of here, dude. They violated the law. What law? They don't even understand their own conspiracy theories. Donald Trump and Don Jr. certainly don't. And this is going to continue for a long time. As we've been filming today's show, it increasingly seems like the move among Fox News and others is going to be simply to refuse to say that Donald Trump has actually lost. And this is going to be bolstered by Donald Trump not conceding from the reports we're getting now. Fox News may not even refer to um, uh, uh, Joe Biden as the president elect. Th- this is going to go for a while by every indication. And they are going when tr- when Trump said he's going to use the courts and maybe Amy Coney Barrett or the Supreme Court or whoever will decide. He wasn't kidding. He was very serious about that. No, none of this stuff, you know, all the all the last two weeks of folks writing to me saying, David, these things are probably exaggerations. Uh, no, 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 no. It's all happening exactly as they will prom they promised. And it's going to continue for some time. We are, however, seeing some Republicans very slowly, clearly for reasons of self-preservation, starting to jump ship a little bit with the wild fraud allegations that Donald Trump is making. I have two examples for you today. These are not good people. These are still people who deserve to never vote again, but uh, work again. No, they can. I, I apologize. They obviously deserve to vote again. That's not what I meant. They deserve to never work again. We're going to start with former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie uh, backing off of Trump's voter fraud claims, which are, of course, bogus. Christie, a top ally of Donald Trump, helped Donald helped is a loose term, but worked with Trump on debate prep. And yesterday, Chris Christie said, you know, you can keep saying voter fraud. And if there's voter fraud, then we need to deal with it. But you've got to produce some evidence here. And um, Chris Christie starting to distance. Chris Christie, it should not have to be said. Counting absentee balance is not illegal. It is not fraud. It is not corruption. 
George, let's say I've been fortunate enough to be on the ballot a number of times myself. I've won, I've lost. And so as a candidate, you're even more invested in the integrity of the system. Right? So if this stuff is going on that the president's talking about, all of us want it ferreted out because it would undercut everything that we believe in in our system. But as a prosecutor, that's like asking me to indict someone without showing me any evidence. If you're going to say those things from behind the podium at the White House, it's his right to do it. It's his right to pursue legal action. But show us the evidence. We, we heard nothing today about any evidence. I want to know what backs up what he said so that I can analyze it. And let me tell you, if he's right, I'll be outraged, and I'm sure you would be too. And if he's wrong? And if he's wrong, then the American people are going to be able to make the judgment about this election that the results have been fair. And this kind of thing, all it does is inflame without informing. And we cannot permit inflammation without information. So Chris Christie was maybe the, the first prominent actual Trump advisor to publicly confront Trump and say what you're saying is not, at least as of now, backed up by evidence. It's inflammatory. He said he already won when he didn't. He's saying that there's fraud when there is no evidence of it. You've got to be careful with that. We then also heard from former Pennsylvania Republican Senator Rick Santorum. Now, he is not a Trump advisor um, and has even been a little lukewarm on Trump over the years. He is a Republican that you could reasonably describe as pro Trump, although he has had some hesitations. He said it was just completely wrong for Trump to undermine public confidence in the election, declare victory, all of that stuff. Rick Santorum. Uh, no Republican elected official is going to stand behind that statement. I mean, none of them will. Uh, they will stand behind elements of that statement. They will stand behind his uh, comment about the polling and how um, you could make the argument that it was uh, uh, you know, suppression uh, and, and dishonest. I mean, you can stand behind the lack of transparency when it came to allowing the votes to be canceled, uh, counted. There's evidence of that, and he provided some evidence for that. There are certain things they will stand behind in that statement because uh, they, they reflect the reality. But much of that statement uh, was, uh, was, not, was not factual uh, and was at times incendiary uh, and, uh, and not something that President of the United States should say or any elected officials. You said Unless you have evidence to, to, to prove it. And... And at this point in time, we don't and we won't until there is a, a, an investigation as to what to happen. And for I, I got to tell you, I sat there and I listened to him talking about the, the votes being taken away from him. And then he shifted to Arizona and said, you know, hey, I can win. I win this thing if they count the votes. Well, how can you how can you say, well, we have to wait and count the votes in Arizona and I can win this. <clears> thing <throat> if we're making it. But if you count the votes in Philadelphia, you're stealing them. Uh the reality is, in, in Pennsylvania, Democrats voted by mail and Republicans voted by uh, in, in person. And it's because you asked them to do so. Shortly uh, after Trump wrapped up that bizarre press conference, Santorum also said that the president's rhetoric was dangerous. And um, I think what's important to remember here uh, is that these are not good people because they're doing this. Um, Chris Christie supported Trump throughout the entire campaign 
and even help to manufacture this exact situation. This is a really important point. Chris Christie now says, oh, you know, Trump's got to be careful. He's got to bring the evidence. Christie facilitated the current crisis situation, which Donald Trump has has uh, uh, fomented. These people are merely trying to self preserve, but they all need to go. And at some point, we'll put together a full list of these people. Uh, Chris Christie, Kaylee McEnany, of course, you know, Don Jr., Ivanka Kushner, Steve Bannon, the whole lot of them deserve to never work again. These are facilitators for the most dishonest and weaponizedly incompetent presidency that we have had in the modern era. I, I could probably say of all time, but let's just say in the modern era. And um, I, I hope everybody's been taking names. Let me put it that way. So to take a little bit of a break from the presidential race, we actually got some very good news on Tuesday. The war on drugs was crushed on Election Day, at least as much as you could crush it in one day in every state where marijuana legalization or decriminalization or progressivization of drug policy was on the ballot. It won in Arizona, Montana, New Jersey and South Dakota. Voters legalized recreational marijuana. Incredible in Mississippi and even South Dakota. Voters legalized medical marijuana. South Dakota had both uh, legalized recreational and legalized medical in Oregon. Voters decriminalized but not legalized all drugs, including cocaine and heroin. Also in Oregon, voters legalized the use of psilocybin, a psychedelic drug found in so-called magic mushrooms in specifically supervised therapeutic uses. This is huge. Oregon also um, uh, is. Uh, so what's going to happen in Oregon is you will no longer be punished with jail or prison time for small amounts of possession of any drug that includes cocaine and heroin. If you get caught with cocaine and heroin, you can either pay a hundred dollar fine or do a completed health assessment. The details of which I don't yet know, but we will find out in Washington, D.C. Voters decriminalized psychedelic plants, also following following the lead of several other cities. And uh, again, Oregon, the first state in the United States in modern times to decriminalize all drugs. Marijuana is now legalized in 15 states plus Washington, D.C., although Washington, D.C. still does not allow sales. All measures won by at least five percentage points in every state. This really is not hugely shocking. Um, over the last decade, we've seen polls show marijuana legalization is increasingly popular. In many polls, even among Republicans, there is support for at least marijuana decriminalization. Uh, this is a big rejection of the war on drugs. It starts to signal a major shift in U.S. drug policy. It's going to push for more of the disassembly of the war on drugs. But another thing that's important to remember is we are getting the first steps here, but we still need to deal with the criminal justice component. So, for example, if anybody uh, has a record now for in Oregon, if you have a record for possession of small amounts of cocaine, which now are legal, decriminalized, I should say, not legalized, decriminalized. Uh, what happens to your record? It should probably be expunged. And that is the next step. That is the next step here. That's the next forefront. Legal cannabis, you know, nice for people looking to go to a nice store and get, uh, you know, curated, curated pot. 
But the criminal justice piece is more difficult and it has to come right after this. And hopefully we will see that. Also, I expect to see the tobacco industry get more and more into cannabis. Uh, and there's also real opportunities in terms of taking the tax revenue that this will generate and really doing great things with it. We're going to be discussing it more. We're going to be looking to places like Colorado, even Massachusetts as potential models of how this can be managed, how the money can be used. But a major win against the war on drugs on Tuesday. And we'll keep talking about ballot initiatives because there's a lot of really interesting stuff to discuss. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. If you love feeding your intellectual curiosity, but you're always struggling to find the time, check out one of my all time favorite apps called Blinkist. Blinkist lets you consume an entire book on your way home from work. They take thousands of popular nonfiction books, condense each one into text or audio that you can get through in just 15 minutes. And you get all of the important core ideas and information from that book. It's perfect if you don't have enough time to do all the reading you want to do or if you just want to sample a book before you buy the entire thing. I recently read A Brief History of Time, of course, by the great Stephen Hawking. This is a book that I have been aware of for so long and other things got in the way and it was fantastic to check it out on Blinkist. Blinkist has books on politics, philosophy, science. They have 27 different nonfiction categories and a subscription is only about eight bucks a month and you get access to the entire library. But you can try it totally free and get 25 percent off a subscription when you go to Blinkist.com slash Pacman. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Pacman. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com. We are going to have plenty of time over the next couple of months to do very detailed postmortems of this election. But I think that one aspect of this that I want to put in front of you right away before before the the final vote is even done is we have confirmed beyond any doubt that Donald Trump's 2016 win was not a fluke. This was not a fluke. Now, with Donald Trump getting more than 69 million votes already approaching 70 million votes, other than Joe Biden this same year, who currently has over 73 million votes, no candidate has ever gotten more votes than Donald Trump got this year. So this was not a fluke. Trumpism is not an aberration in the sense of it came out of nowhere and it will disappear very, very quickly. Trumpism exposed two things, the horrible reality of about 40 percent of this of this country. That's horrible. But there's the other side, which is that the Democratic Party really doesn't get it. Uh, I think the election results prove that the Democratic Party doesn't get it. And if they don't start to get it, the Democratic Party is going to fail uh, and fail when they could very easily do far better. And uh, I, as I said on the live stream yesterday, we have to be able to hold both ideas in our minds at the same time. Yes, the Democratic Party has things to fix because this is an election that should have gone much better for them, given the facts on the ground. And yes, there is a huge side of the electorate on the Trump side that doesn't care about the facts on the ground. But it doesn't matter 
as long as we can acknowledge that Trump getting millions more votes this year than he did last time shows us this is not a fluke. Now, Donald Trump presented to people something that was appealing, which is a guy who won't, you know, make them feel bad about their gas guzzling trucks and their guns and their religiosity and their uh, uh, sometimes self-selected ignorance about a number of different issues. I'm not saying that Donald Trump genuinely was those things. I don't think Trump likes pickup trucks. I don't think Trump is religious. I don't think Trump uh, is against abortion. You know, it it doesn't matter. Trump just gave them someone to say, okay, this is someone that that we can get around here. And Trump almost won despite coronavirus, the economy, cartoonish, embarrassing, humiliating incompetence. Trump almost won in 2020. The way in which Trump won the 2016 primary was weird. It was circuitous. He benefited from a number of factors, including timing, racist sentiment against Barack Obama and his birtherism was, you know, there were a lot of little factors that from 17 in 2016 Republican candidates to 16, 15 and Trump just outlasted everybody else. But then you look at 2020 and you see he got millions more votes. 69 million Americans who chose to vote chose Trump over Joe Biden. Trump's humiliating track record on coronavirus didn't matter to nearly half of the people that voted in this election. According to Pew Research Center data compiled by G Zero Media, the economy was the most important issue in 2016 and in 2020. Healthcare, uh, the Supreme Court became more important during between elections. Foreign policy, guns and immigration became less important. So with many different top issues this time versus 2016 and a disastrous performance by Trump objectively on coronavirus, Trump increased his support by millions of votes. So we cannot if we see this as a fluke, then we lose hugely. I'm not saying that a lot of Trumpists aren't deplorable. They are. I'm not saying a lot of Trumpists aren't ignorant. They are. I'm not saying a lot of Trumpists are good people because many of them are not. Many are one, two or all three of those things. But if the left right continues to write off Trumpism as merely a fluke because of what happened in the 2016 Republican primary and the 2016 election, it is wrong. And the, the, the Democratic Party will continue to lose and the left will continue to lose. There are two sides to this. We have to understand their movement. We have to understand how the Democratic Party is failing the left. It is two sided. And yes, the electoral system is broken. I get it. If we had a popular vote system, Hillary wins easily in 2016 and Biden wins even more easily in 2020. But the fact that anyone could vote for Donald Trump is a huge part of the issue. He's getting 48 percent of the popular vote. Our problems are way worse than the electoral system. And a lot of it is education, but a lot of it is the left misunderstanding this entire movement. And just because we can all agree it's a disgusting, deplorable movement. That's fine. I'm not arguing with that. I've been the first one. Not the, I, I've been saying it for four years. But if we want to win and win big, and that means take resounding control of the Senate, take resounding control of the House, get significant policy done on health care, climate, etc., uh, we have to understand the movement, even if it's a disgusting movement. Um, and right now it does not seem that the Democratic Party understands this movement and we'll have plenty more time to discuss it. I just want to kind of plant that seed. Uh, this is absolutely disgusting what I'm about to play for you, but it does remind us 
about the people that Donald Trump had around him for so long. Donald Trump's longtime advisor and policy guy, Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon at one point sat in on the National Security Council meetings, has called for the beheading of Dr. Anthony Fauci and of FBI director Christopher Wray. This was brought to my attention during a live stream yesterday. I thought I was being baited. I thought the, somebody's pulling my leg. There is no way in hell that Steve Bannon said we should behead Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, but he did. He said it. And Steve Bannon has since been banned from Twitter. I believe his show has been banned from YouTube, although that's less clear at this point. Take a look at this. And that's the second term. Second term kicks off with firing Ray, firing Fauci. Now, I actually want to go a step farther, but I realize the president is a kind hearted man and a good man. I'd actually like to go back to the old uh, times of Tudor England. I'd put the heads on pikes, right? I'd put them at the two corners of the White House as a warning to federal bureaucrats. You either get with the program or you're gone. Time to stop playing games. Blow it all out. Put Rick Rennell today as the interim head of the FBI. That'll that'll light some that'll light him up, right? You know what, Steve? Just yesterday there was the anniversary of the hanging of two Tories in Philadelphia. These were Quaker businessmen who had uh, cohabitated, if you will, with the British while they were occupying Philadelphia. These people were hung. This is what we used to do yep. to traitors. That's how you won the revolution. Nobody wants to talk about it. revolution. Wasn't some sort of garden party, right? It was not. It was a civil war. It was a civil war. Remember also in the revolution, you put their heads on pikes. Well, you've got to remove their heads in order to do that. Steve Bannon is saying behead Anthony Fauci as well as the FBI director. We we behead doctors. First of all, we behead anybody. But you're going after doctors. Doctors trying to deal with the pandemic are the central target of your ire. That's what we're doing in the United States. And as CNN business is reporting, Twitter permanently suspended the account belonging to Steve Bannon. After he made this suggestion, he posted it in a video. The video po uh, post was made to Facebook, YouTube and various Twitter accounts. This is what we're talking about when we talk about Yal Qaeda. OK, um, a political party. Uh, Biden says that you need a political party in control that says federal employees who don't do what they want get executed. And they also want us to believe that they are not disgusting fascists. Uh, we've got a Republican president refusing to commit to a peaceful transfer of power, insisting the election is rigged, calling on racist armed supporters to stand by. Bannon talks like the Taliban and indeed right wing extremists, as I've been pointing out for a long time, they have a lot in common with the Taliban. It's just a different religion under which they claim this outrageous fascistic authoritarianism. And remember, Steve Bannon has a federal indictment against him. He is an alleged co-conspirator, along with many other Republican figures close to Donald Trump. And it seems to me that the consequences should be a little more severe, severe than being banned from Twitter. And this re I mean, listen, Fauci already has full time security. I'm sure that the FBI director has full time security. Uh, it's not about them. But it is about, again, this term stochastic terrorism and the possibility, the ability that it has to generate real world violence. And in the middle of all of this, you have a president whose son is tweeting, as we talked about earlier, we need to go to total war. Total war is what they are claiming. And by the way, there's still a pandemic. And I want to talk about that a little bit.
Um, I want to remind you that as Donald Trump has been imploding and humiliating himself as more and more states flip to Joe Biden, Donald Trump has also continued to fail, fail, fail on coronavirus and the pandemic has gotten completely out of control. Uh, Donald Trump promised 100 million vaccine doses by the end of October. That's a week ago. Didn't happen. And unfortunately, it pains me to say it. Dr. Fauci's estimate of 100,000 cases a day is going to end up being way too conservative. Yesterday, we had another new record, 118,000 cases in a single day with more than 1,100 deaths. As we look at the chart of new cases, you see a horrifying trajectory of cases going higher and higher and higher, the worst we've seen in the United States. And when you look at deaths, although there is a delay there, the average death numbers have been increasing for the last three weeks. We are regularly seeing eleven hundred and twelve hundred deaths a day again, and they are expected to go much higher soon. We are now approaching in total in the United States, 10 million cases of coronavirus. We have passed two hundred and forty one thousand official deaths. And remember, the estimated numbers under represent the real coronavirus death toll by as much as 60, 70 or 80, even 80,000 additional deaths. And Donald Trump has failed and leaving is an emergency. His we need I was going to say we need new leadership on the virus. We need leadership on the virus, not a guy threatening to fire Fauci, but a guy who says, Dr. Fauci, we need you to address the nation. Dr. Fauci, join me in a White House Oval Office address. Let's start to get this under control. Donald Trump could have coasted to reelection had he taken this seriously. He didn't. And he still almost won, which we will be discussing more next week. But contrary to what Donald Trump is, has been saying, coronavirus doesn't disappear on November 4th. Donald Trump really seemed to believe it was a political ploy just to hurt him and that November 4th, you would never again hear about the virus. We've not been hearing about it as much because we're still trying to count all the ballots. There is a pandemic raging. We need adult leadership immediately. Let's hope let's hope that we get that soon, because the next two months are going to be brutal. And hopefully, if we have a lame duck Trump, we will start to get leadership elsewhere. We have a great bonus show for you today. Remember the coupon code, brand new coupon code, fresh start. Fresh start, all one word. Use it to save 70% at joinpacman.com. We will see you today on the bonus show.